Welcome to the Hudson Valley Disc Golf Podcast. I'm Pat. I got Jason, Kenji, Ryan, and Jamin. Kenji, you weren't here last week. Why don't you pick a hole? We're just going to get right into it. All right. Let's uh, start with hole number six. Okay. This is something I wanted to talk about. I think we had mentioned it before. Do you guys remember we're talking about tee pads? Tee pads, yeah. Which conversation about tee pads? The main thing I wanted to find... (laughs) Many talks about tee pads. A tee pad with a four-inch wooden border. Is the wood border part of the tee pad? Yes. It depends. (laughs) Here's what I have. I went to the Q&A, and it says how our teeing area is designated. This is the closest I could find, so... Directors may use any of several methods to define the teeing areas and drop zones. A single course may use more than one type of tee. When in doubt, ask the director. Here are some common ways of designating teeing areas. If an artificial tee pad is provided and has no markings, the teeing area is the area which contrasts with its surroundings in color, material, height, and or texture. Well, it's conclusive then. So that would be the wood. That would include the wood. Here's some more... (laughs) Uh, Some tee pads are built with a follow-through area in front. The follow-through area may be a different color, or it may be the part in front of a marked tee line. The part of the pad which is behind the follow-through area is the teeing area. I didn't really need to read that one. No, I think you did, because you could consider the piece of wood the follow-through area, Mm -hmm. if you're an idiot. (laughs) I've seen like tee pads that are like bigger decking and then one of the boards is three feet back that has a line. The front is not the tee pad. You know what kind of tee pads I loathe and that people think are really cool? There's a course nearby called Bootlegger's Cave and it's in an area, Pennsylvania, designated Boulder Woods. And the the campground that it's at is called Boulder Woods Campground because you've just got all these like um, boulders, obviously rocks everywhere. Very cool. Makes for interesting lines. But they've put a couple of tee pads on top of rocks that have these big drop-offs afterwards that make me nervous. But what they've also done is they've built a tee pad that's like a deck and it has a railing at the end of it that's like way too high. In my opinion, it's the right front? in my backswing. <laughs> it just makes me furious. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that at all. I've never even been there, but I <laughs> you should never be able but to I touch anything from any point on the tee pad. If you're standing in an outstretched hand, in my opinion, should not hit anything. They actually yeah. moved a sign hole 14 at FDR. The original placing of the sign was right yeah, right front of the tee pad. And one time I threw. And I released, and my hand just came out open, and it knocked the last knuckle from just the tips of my four fingers. And uh, they moved it after that. But honestly, it bruised them for the day, but I was able to finish the round. So a tee pad, yes. Wood border includes a tee pad. I think the PDGA even uses some pictures about whether your supporting point is inside or outside the tee box by showing a wood board. Mm. Your toe can hang off the front of that. As long as you don't push yeah. down and touch the ground in front of it, you don't have a Yeah, because it's a, the supporting point is still on. There's three more points here. If an outline is marked, whether a complete or partial line or with four markers, the teeing area is the area within the outline. If markers are used, the teeing area is defined by the outside edges of the markers. Okay. So outside yeah. edge would mean the wood would be part of the tee pad then? Yeah. If no artificial tee pad is provided, the teeing area extends three meters perpendicular Behind the designated T line. If a line marks the T line, the teeing area includes the mark line. If two T markers mark the T line, the teeing area extends forward and outward to the outer edge of the T markers. That one sounds more like what they should have had at Gardner for that tournament, Kenji. 
just have something so you have a line. Yeah. yeah. And then if there is only a T sign or one T marker, the T is to one side of and behind the sign or marker. And that's how I usually play. If there's nothing there, I just figure don't go past the sign kind of. Yeah. If you're playing ca- anything but a tournament, it really doesn't matter. Too much. Yeah. Jason, you seem definitive when I said the outline is marked, whether a complete and partial line or with four markers, the teeing area is the area within the outline. Didn't you say after that that it was the outside of the If markers are used, the teeing area is defined by the outside edges of the marker. Yeah, so so that's the part. The opposite of the OB. The OB line is out of bounds, whereas that line would be part of the T-pad. Okay, if markers are used by the outside edges of the markers, yeah, yeah. That's how I I would interpret it, too. And I think that's how we interpreted it last time, but... But that is interesting. If somebody puts in a temporary hole and they use a thick spray paint to designate the teeing area, it's not a foot fault if you have your foot on the line. Right. It's the outside edge. So you'd have to have your foot beyond. That's actually a good tip to know. Uh, Although I don't think I've ever heard of anybody calling a foot fault off of a tee. With a spray painted line. Yeah. But no, it's good to know. People like to learn stuff. Ryan, uh, pick a hole, not hole six. Let's go hole two. Okay, so I have two holes marked on here as picks. I want to get to the Jonesboro picks first. So whatever one you picked, you were getting Jonesboro first. So let me get my board. And Kenji, since you weren't here, who would you have picked in the Jonesboro Open with that really long name (laughs) that I'm not going to go through? All of the top three. (laughs) You would have? Yeah. Okay, he ended up in what, fifth? Even with the penalty. I watched like the last few holes and it seemed like he he missed a couple putts and he just was like, it seemed like he was throwing it in. I don't know why. Especially that last putt. Yeah, it seems like he's all or nothing. He's either winning it or not. Yeah, he missed a putt on like 16 and 18, I think. Just to clarify, because I don't know if I did, but if you had put Paul in, if he placed, you would have still got a point because you automatically get a point for them getting on the top three. Right, and then you could lose one for whatever he got. Yeah, if he came in third place, you wouldn't get a point for placing. You'd still get a point for being in the top that three. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really think on it until after. We all know how it is, Pat. There's so much on the line. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Kenji, you need to write up the rules. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we're going to start with Ryan. He had in the FPO division Katrina, Paige, and Kona. Oh, Kona was so close. Tied for fourth, so she didn't get you nothing. Paige, you had her in second. She came in third or something. What'd she come in? You got a point for Paige because she was in the top three, right? Are you sure about that? Hold on. No, I don't I'm know. Looking at last year's. Hold on. Yeah, I should have pulled it up before anyway. Let me do that. I laughed out loud. You said something about Katrina Allen putting. Pick up there. I literally was driving the league on Saturday listening to the episode and I started cracking up laughing. That was for you, Katrina. Yeah, <laughs> and I got to say, she did really good this weekend. So open women, we had in third place, Sarah Holcomb, minus 13, Paige Pierce, minus 15 in second place, and Katrina Allen came in first with minus 23. She probably parked them all, so. She did, but uh, she hit some putts on uh She hit some putts right right on the few that I saw. Yeah. She hit some putts. Yeah. yeah, I could hit putts when I'm eight up anyway. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I couldn't. <laughs> no, she shot a 10.42. After the men's coverage, the wind kicked up, and oh, there was some brutal putting for them. Uh, mm. 10.03 and 10.41. Yeah, that is, I mean, that is monstrous. So she had the only 2,000 rated rounds. Because you know why? Because she heard me talking trash. About the <laughs> uh, so yeah, Kona got you nothing. Paige got you a point for getting up there. 
And you got four points for Katrina that puts you at five with the FPO. Nice. Let's take a look at the MPO. Top three in the MPO, third place, Eagle Win McMahon, Calvin Heimberg in second, and Richard Waisaki came in first. Ryan got a point for Calvin. Yeah, that's it. Uh, So (laughs) Hamas came in fifth, tied for fifth, and Nico tied for 10th. And your wild card, Missy, tied for sixth. So close. So that gives you six points. And we will move over to Jamin. Jamin had Katrina Allen to win it, Haley King in second, and Sarah Holcomb in third. Katrina gives him four points, and Sarah Holcomb gets a point for uh, podium. That So he's also at five with the FPO. And over to the MPO, you had Calvin, KJ, and... Didn't you say you play Sarah third? Yeah, yeah, but she six, won. Right? Oh, wait, no. One, one I didn't third, give him an extra point for that. Thank you. He gets six. Oh, I, yeah. I always do that. That's awesome. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so that's six <laughs> points for Jamin right there. And then uh, he had Calvin, KJ, and Conrad. Same thing, right? He just got a yeah, just point, point for Calvin. So that basically you... Get Thanks, Ryan. One. That one yeah. point. <laughs> You're welcome, Jamin. So, so uh, we got Jason has to beat seven. In, oh, wait, and uh, Chris Dickerson came in sixth for your uh, wild card. Ooh, we're nailing the six picks. <laughs> Jason had Sarah, Katrina, and again, uh, Haley King. <laughs> uh, Haley King was tied for 19th. Katrina got a point. Yeah. And then Sarah got a point. So just two points because Jason does his always flip flopping. Yeah. Jason he always really flips. missed out on the podium spots yeah. there. Lost a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just wait. <laughs> so <two points. laughs> then we move over to the pro. He had Ricky, Calvin, and then Conrad. Conrad was tied Oof. for 14th. He got nothing. Calvin, he called second and gets the extra point. So that's three. And Ricky, he called first. So that's four. So that's seven to, the, to make nine on top of the two. And then Ezra was uh, tied for 20th. Hey. Oof. He shot what? above his rating every round. So, And also, <laughs> other Ezra was tied for 34th. So you did pick the right Ezra. <laughs> right. If you were giving out bonus points for Ezra's, you definitely got one. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because you had nine points and you take the win. Yeah. Congratulations, Ooh. Jason. Even without Paul and Paige, Jason's the <laughs> Heck yeah. All right. Uh, so as your uh, prize, what hole would you like to play? Uh, seven. Let me get over there. That was... Seven, you said? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's my other picks. So we're going right <laughs> to April Showers 15. Let me get the official name. Let me, let, I'll pull it up and do a whole thing. One second. Ryan, we're picking the top three pro players. So that's any division in pro. Picking the top three AM players. That's any division in AM. And top three women. That's any division that a woman's playing. And then our wild card is the best round above a person's rating. Anywhere on the field, whoever shoots the are, best. Now, are you gonna? Is it two rounds or one round? It's one round for the wild card, and it tournaments for the rest. So Got it's it. best so four. Either of those two rounds. Yeah, because the wild card is supposed to be somebody who could shoot minus ten one yep. round and then yep. plus twelve no, the I, next. I, I, yeah. I like it. Perfect. They they came up with that. Okay, so let's see here. We got the this cap presents the April showers fifteen driven by Innova. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start with Kenji. As you said, we're going to do three pros. Who are your three pros? Okay, so I'm going with the locals. We want to do podium order 
just so let me know what right what well that podium it's best three scores so because we could be different divisions so it's top three scores okay i am picking for my top score of the day jabin hume coming off the the ace on hole three is going to take it down mm. i have our other great local and tim giardini is going to come second best score and I don't know who this person is, but I love his name, Louie. Whoever Louie is from Jersey, the Grice rating. Louie Garcia? Yep. <laughs> All right. And for my AM picks, my other doubles playing uh, group mate this weekend, I think Tyler Calzada is going to shoot the best score for AMs. I think Mike Thomas from CNY is going to shoot the second best score. And local bomber, I think we're going to put it together. Chris Dahl is going to shoot our third best score in AM. All right. And now for the ladies, this one was really tough. I think Jess coming off her FDR win is going to take it down. Experience is going to come through. And then we have two new locals that are just charging up. And I couldn't choose between them, but I'm going to go with Angie over Chelsea. So Angie second and Chelsea third. And then my wild card pick is going to be Sam Hazelton. He is rated like 830-something, and I bet you he could put around above 900. What division? Intermediate, Sam. Samuel Hazelton. He's rated 834. Mm, there he is. I think he could shoot around best above his rating. I don't know if going with a lower rated player is going to hurt. Yeah, it's interesting it's to think about. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Jamin? All right, so. I, I have to believe in myself at this tournament. So I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am going to choose myself to win like a giant douchebag. No. Um, <laughs> I picked you too. Yeah, but you're not me. That's <laughs> <laughs> confidence, Jamie. Um, Come on. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with confidence. Yeah. Second place, I have Jason. He was up at the course on Saturday learning a lot of lessons about the course and, and putting together a lot of really great holes. And I know Jason pretty well. <laughs> I know that that's going to keep getting better. And in third place, I got to have Tim because Tim's Tim. You can't do anything wrong with Tim. Okay. In the amateurs, I think Tucker's going to repeat. I think Tucker's going to take it down. Every time I've gone to Heiser Creek in the past two weeks, Tucker's already there. So he's getting a lot of rounds in. I think the second best is going to be Tyler Calzada. And then Michael Thomas in third place. Michael's a guy that I've been playing with for years, and he's beat me in advance so many times I moved up to pro. <laughs> so for uh, the women I have, again, the women that Kenji was talking about, they're coming out from the horrible conditions at Maple Hill with a lot of lessons and a lot of experience. <laughs> so I have in first, Chelsea, I think is going to do really well. I have Angie in second, and then I have the perennial favorite, Jessica Lasasso in third. And a wild card. Okay, so for the wild card, I'm choosing Brandon Medina in intermediate. All right. What's Brandon rated? 814. Yeah. Every time Tucker's car is at Heiser, Brandon's is right next to him. Ooh. We all went to high school together. All right, uh, Jason, your picks. Okay, so for pros, i also going to go Jamin. And then I'm going to have Tim for second. And then for third, I'm going to go with Tucker Middleton. For the AMs, very similar to Jamin. I think Tucker K, based how he played over the weekend, I got him at the top. Oh, Tyler Calzada, and then in third I have David Koch. Okay, yeah, I got you. And for the ladies, I think it's going to be a really close battle. I got to go with Jess for first, and All then right. 
in second, Chelsea, and in third, Ange. Wild card, I'm going to go by the numbers and go with Carly Daly. Ooh. Ooh, she could she, do that uh, too. Yeah, that's a good pick. 708 rated, but last year she shot 777. She, she seven, seven, 100 and, plus rated round. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I think by the numbers, that's the best bet. Uh, all right. And Ryan. Okay. Uh, question number one. What course is this at? Heiser <laughs> <laughs> Creek. Heiser <laughs> Creek in Middle Grove, New York. Okay. United yes. States. Yep. I've, I've totally played there twice. So for pro, nobody picked Louie. Or maybe somebody did. I'll pick Louis to win. Louis Garcia? Louis Garcia. Yeah, Kenji had him in third, but okay. Okay. Jamin, I'll put you in second. You know, a lot Thank of pressure. You. A lot of pressure to perform. I know you just picked yourself, <laughs> so now you're not going to get it. So I got to put you second. <laughs> yeah, but I think you assured him getting it now. He, he loses all the pressure from having everybody p- picked him in first. Either way, I'm blaming it on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I will put, why not? We'll take Jason for third. Come on, Jason. For the AMs, let's see. Everybody was high on Tucker and Tyler. Mm -hmm. We'll give Chris Dahl a chance. Good old Troy, New York. Let's see. Derek Yarrow. That sounds familiar. He's a Long Island guy, plays Beacon a lot. He's not been playing for a long time, but he's really pretty good. Okay. I'll put Derek in second, and I'll pick Tyler for third. For the women, I'll do a little inverse of what picks have been so far. We'll do Angie, then Jessica, then Chelsea. And for my wild card, I'm going to pick Alex Hellenick. Oh, good. Because he's Ooh, only rated. Alex rated. He's rated 920. 920, which seems low for what he's capable of. So it's possible that he'll have a good round. Hmm. I like that pick. Good yeah. job, Ryan. <laughs> Good job, Ryan. <laughs> That's the Discap Presents April Showers 15. Ryan, uh, well, uh, can I ask a question about Heiser Creek first? Yeah, absolutely. Every time I go there, it seems like I'm encroaching on somebody's private property. Is that the case? It is somebody's private property, yes. And they're just a very generous individual that loves disc golf. What's the history there? You never heard Morgan Wright? Never. Used to be Skyland's guy. Morgan's a little uh, great. <laughs> Let's just play at Heiser Creek all the time. <laughs> First course in the area. Oh, really? No way. Yeah, it started like 2001, 2002. Yeah. Never That's fails awesome. to give you a real shotgun start either. <laughs> yes, we had a real shotgun start at the monthly. <laughs> yeah. Even though monthlies don't have shotgun starts. <laughs> Even though we had already started to drive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you can you might as well the uh, lost valley open at aga at the um preserve they did a shotgun start i think the first year i played there it is quite exciting yeah morgan's a little eccentric the right word guys okay <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's about right eccentric <laughs> cool all right i'll take hole three uh that's a quiz Ooh. bum 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 category is disc or no disc and the theme is weapons and ammo Oh boy. Category is disc or no disc, weapons and ammo. What's that? <laughs> yeah, West Side. West Side. <laughs> All right. Teams. We did pros with you guys, right? Uh, pros and schmoes. Who won that? The last time I was on those pros and schmoes, the schmoes won. Me and. Oh, Andrew. you and Ryan? Yeah. Okay. Oh, was it Andrew? Yeah, me okay. Andrew. Well, now you'll be a schmo with Ryan. Against. Yeah. Some, was it Jamin and Jason? 
Yeah, Ryan, you're a schmo today. Sounds good. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the J names and not James. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay, well, then the non J's will go first. Let's go non J. We'll just be the J men. What's that? Both ways. We'll be the J men. <laughs> All right, never mind. It's just- I can't hear him. <laughs> it was funny, Jason. I don't yeah. know. It was good. J-Men. Hey, Bob. It's all crickets, but it was funny. I, thought. I think it's funny, but I also just chose myself in my picks. So uh, <laughs> I hope you have a team after me, too. What was the... Oh, the J-Men. Oh, I just got that. Uh, and what was the other team name, though? Not J-Men. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> not J-Men. Not Jamin not versus Jamin. not Jamin. <laughs> All right. Oh, not Jamin. <laughs> Question one. What word for the block on which blacksmiths shape metal also refers to the lower plate of a stapler? What word Anvil, for the West side. Anvil. All right. Oh, you know what? I got to get it. Put the scores in there. See, I knew it. West side, right off the bat. <laughs> right off the bat. <laughs> These are wily e. Coyote weapons then. <laughs> well, I mean. Acme. <laughs> Okay, so that's two points for Team Not Jamin. Question two, Jamin. What name is shared by a Beatles album title and an 1835 invention of Samuel Colt? Revolver. Yeah. Is the revolver a disc? The Colt's a disc, Jason. Do you think a revolver is? Hmm. Is there a legacy? Is that Colt or? Colt is Innova. I'm thinking of an outlaw that has a picture of a revolver on it. Yeah. I know that there's like... Black Zombie is a disc golf company, but they've got like a chainsaw, but I don't think that they have, I don't think a revolver is a disc. I've never heard of it, but. Okay, uh, so no? Let's go no. No. You are correct. Yeah! Ooh, yeah! <laughs> That's two. surprising. That's surprising that nobody's taken that one up. Question three, not Jamin. The word for what explosive comes from a French word for pomegranate, which it resembles. The word for what explosive comes from a French word for pomegranate, which it resembles. A grenade. Grenade. Yeah, grenade. grenade. Are you Scottish? <laughs> <laughs> grenade. It, I don't know how to do it. Is the grenade a disc? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't the grenade in the lineup with the whoever made like a weed named disc? Wasn't there a grenade in there too? I'm pretty sure he's got Stokely. Ad for a grenade. I trust you. It's a disc. Yeah, yes. You guys both agree? Yes. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. It is not a disc. Oh. A grenade is not a disc? I know. That's why I put it in a quiz. And revolver. Those are both. Like, I can see the grenade stamp in my head. I wonder what the name of that disc is now. Oh, I think it's a Heiser bomb stamp. Isn't that what they do? I think uh, just Heiser I mean, bomb maybe they got, I just know I've seen the stamp of a grenade. It's like a stencil. Yeah, I think that's yeah. why. Yeah. Question four. Team Jamin. What type of plastic explosive needs a shock to go boom? Otherwise, it burns slowly enough that Vietnamese soldiers used it as a cooking fire. What type of plastic explosive needs a shock to go boom? Otherwise, it burns slowly enough that Vietnamese soldiers used it as a cooking fire. Love the smell of napalm in the morning. Jason, you agree? Yeah, let's go with that. Did he agree? <laughs> yes, yeah, he agrees. Not Jamin. What All type right. of plastic explosive needs a shock to go boom? Otherwise, it burns slowly enough that Vietnamese C4. soldiers use it as a cooking fire. I was thinking C4. I don't know of any other plastic explosive. Me neither. C4. Is the C4 a disc? No. I, oh, no, hold I on. Think, is C4 I don't think so. A disc? I don't think so either. Uh, yeah. Is that the theme tonight? No. Arsenal Discs, July 13th, 2017. Damn it. 2017. Damn it. <laughs> 
But you still got a point on a steal. Yeah, we got a point on a steal. That's always important. Uh, It is 4-2, not Jamin over Jamin. Question five. This is for not Jamin. The name of what light axe comes from the Algonquin for cutting utensil? The name of what light axe comes from the Algonquin for cutting utensil? I think probably tomahawk. Tomahawk? Hatchet? Tomahawk? Oh, boy. Repeat the question one more time. It's Indian, right? The name of what light axe comes from the Algonquin for cutting utensil? Let's go with tomahawk. I agree. Yeah. Tomahawk. Jamin, what do you got? The name of what light axe comes from the Algonquin for cutting utensil? I was thinking hatchet, Jamin. And that's uh, okay. I was thinking that or machete. Well, like mm. a uh, hatchet's a small axe. Yeah. And it's also a disc. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Are you fine with both the answer and that it's a disc? Can you hear Jason? I did. No, I'm asking you because okay. I just yeah. wanted to verify with you if that if yeah. you were cool. Yep. You were correct. Right. Damn it. Hey. Yeah, I knew it was a disc too. I thought. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Question six. This is for the J-Men. On May 15th, 1997, the NBA's Washington team changed their name to the Wizards. What controversial name did they have? Pretty much, I'm going to call on Jamin for this one, because I don't think Jason, the, the <laughs> other J-Man, knows. <laughs> well, that I mean, makes two J-Mans that don't Oh, uh, neither uh, J-Man. You're a sports guy, Jamin. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what was the name of the Washington basketball team when I was nine? Um, <laughs> mm. So it's, pro- it's something probably culturally insensitive, so maybe Indian. Where was the team from? Washington? Washington. Washington. NBA team. Blackhawks. I don't actually know any team names. That's Chicago. That's a hockey name. Just for you. <laughs> Washington Red, uh, Redskins is football, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now it's the Washington football team. No longer team. a team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well... I have no clue. I couldn't even guess. All right. Uh, Jason, you want Washington. Indian? You want to go with the, the Indian the, one? Uh, tomahawks. I don't know. The Tomahawks? Yeah. Oh, that's a good guess. It's not right, but that's a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> what about team not Jamin? That'd be the Bullets. All right, I dropped out the there bullets. for a second, so I missed that whole conversation, and Jamin is still great for me. But weren't the Washington called – yeah, I can hear you. You want me to read the question again, or do you? What? Yeah, no, I know what the question is. The Washington wasn't the Washington Warriors. No, no, no. I got it right already. It's the Bullets. Oh, you got it right. All right, yeah. Woo. Well, I think so. Hold on, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm positive. <laughs> I'm positive. So, Kenji, you're right. going to agree with him, right? Yes. I'm okay. Uh, is the bullet a disc? It is. It's a mint disc. Yes. No bonus points for knowing mint fancy pants. Oh yeah. All right. Um, I knew that one. Okay, so that's. Uh, just to verify, we are through one, two. We got a point for something. Bullet, right? Yes. Woo. <laughs> we got two. It's also a mint disc. I knew okay, that too. Good. <laughs> so that was a clean steal. So yeah, now it's not Jamin six, Jamin four. Question seven, not Jamin. Before the 19th century, what firearm was known as a birding or fowling piece? Before the 19th century, what firearm was known as a birding or fowling piece? Like bird, fowl, F-O-W-L. Wow. <laughs> bird or fowling piece? Like a musket? Musket? Yeah, muskets, musket. It's a, the musket's definitely right, a, a... Musket's a disc. Musket. It is. It is. Musket. Yep. Let's do it. Jamin? Damn it. So I'm thinking uh, shotgun would be what yeah. you... That's, that's what I'm thinking, but it's almost too simple. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's right. Let's go with shotgun. Is the shotgun a oh disc? Black zombie disc. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yes, it is. June 10th, 2020. All right. <laughs> All right. And then that seems now you got your guys' question. 
In Moby Dick, Starbuck chose the tattooed cannibal Queequeg to operate what weapon? In Moby Dick, Starbuck chose the tattooed cannibal Queequeg to operate what weapon? Who's this to? This is to Jamin. Um, so it's Moby Dick. Is it going to be like a marine weapon, like a harpoon or something? Right. I would assume that seems like something you use when you're whaling. Final answer? I'm good with that, Jason. I got nothing better. Harpoon. Is the harpoon a disc? It's a good question. <laughs> I've never heard of it. I feel like I would have heard of a disc called a harpoon. I don't know why. It seems like it should be a disc, but I, ha- I can't think of it. So maybe that's where he's trying to hang us up because it sounds like it should be a disc, but it's not. So yeah. let's go. I think no. I agree. Lone Star Molding, December 14th, ah. 2020. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Lone Star Molding. So it's got to be a Texas company. All right. Question nine for not Jamin. What weapon created in 1947 has been featured on a Russian coin, Burkina Faso's coat of arms, and the Mozambique flag? What weapon created in 1947 has been featured on a Russian coin, Burkina Faso's coat of arms, and Mozambique's flag? (laughs) What what weapon was created in 1947? Probably a machine gun of some sort. No, machine gun came earlier than that, right? Not one that would be on a flag. What about like a rocket launcher? A missile. A missile the back then? Maybe a little too early for a- But why would, I mean, Mozambique isn't like nuclearly armed. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and whose coat of arms was it? Mozambique. Mozambique. Who's Mozambique? What weapon created in 1947 has been featured on a Russian coin, Burkina Faso's coat of arms, and the Mozambique flag? Right, Mozambique's a country, right? Yeah. I don't know who that person is. Coat of arms. Honestly, could be a location. It's just things I found interesting <laughs> yeah, about yeah, the weapon. <laughs> I don't know what you they know mean. How this works. <laughs> um, so, can you just name the three clues one more time? You said it was on a Russian A coin? Russian coin, Burkina Faso's, and it's B U R K I N A F A S O, their coat of arms, and the Mozambique flag. Made in 1947. Yeah, I'm gonna have to give you like ten seconds though. Yeah, oh, um, like a like a Kalashnikov. What do they call that? I don't know. Uh, is don't that know what it's, a, it's a Russian gun? Is that your final answer? <laughs> That's can't be. In fact, I have no idea. What <laughs> right. No, I was Take asking. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the only Russian gun I know. The only Russian weapon I know of. Oh uh, yeah, Russian coin. Was it like a five seconds sickle? Look at the Russian flag? I don't know. Do you think the sickle was invented in that? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) The improved Uh, bomb. A missile. It can't be. I disagree with missile. Uh, Three, two, one. A bomb. Final answer? Bomb? No. <laughs> a Kalishnikov bomb. Kalishnikov. Kalishnikov. What? Okay. Team Jamin, what do you got? 1947 sounds like a nuke. Yeah, I was thinking that's uh, late World War II, right? So yeah, like either the A bomb or uh, not, it wouldn't be hydrogen bomb. It's too specific. Yeah, I think there's this called a nuke, right? Oh yeah, nuclear bomb. Yeah, and I mean that's I know that's not a flag or anything, but I could see it being part of Russia's culture. Yeah, that's what that's what I thought. Is that that seems definitely like something that they'd advertise? Yeah, I want to go uh, with that. Let's go with nuke. Final answer? Yes. We were looking for AK-47. Uh, Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. no. That's that's what the K is for. Kalashnikov. 
So? <laughs> Galashnikov's not a disc. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I didn't put them together, so I had to, even, even though it goes against this one, I got to sign with Pat on this one. <laughs> never heard them. What is this? I name? could be wrong, but I thought so, that's what the K stands for. It is, but he's a he's a gun inventor. Yeah, that that's that's like saying Colt. To name any like, kind of cult that ever came out. Weston's first name were yeah, but like a oh, Jesus, this, <laughs> this, just, this seems unfair. <laughs> so close, but so okay, it is what it is. And the AK forty-seven is a disc. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Fly high disc, February sixth, twenty fifteen. I should have pointed that out I, before that. <laughs> they're the ones, the company that has the grenade on their disc. Ah. Yeah, I think so. All right, so seven six. The, the J-men are up. I'm going to appeal this verdict later. All right. All right. <laughs> Team J-men, what six-barrel hand-cranked weapon was first used in war by Union troops at the Battle of Petersburg in Virginia? What six-barreled hand-cranked weapon was first used in war by Union troops at the Battle of Petersburg in Virginia? Uh, so if it's hand-cranked, what year? No, no year. Uh, just was first used in war by Union troops at the Battle of Petersburg in Virginia. Okay, so Civil War. Yeah. Don't ask him years. He might ask the years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So Civil War, it's pretty rudimentary weapons. Yeah. So like a hand-cranked six-barrel thing, that sounds like a not-automatic machine gun. Right. What's that called? What's a, a Gatling gun or Gatling gun? That's what I, I was. I don't actually know what that is, but that sounds right. Maybe I'm trying to think if it's like something outside the box where six barreled hand cranked. No, Civil War it can't be anything crazy. Yeah, I think Gatling gun is all I can think of. Jamin, um, I'm good with that. Is the Gatling a disc? Wow, you know what? He had to name it after himself because he's like, what am I going to call it? The hand cranked unautomatic gun. You know, <laughs> so he had to throw his name on it. The six-barreled crank wheeler? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so is that a disc? Uh, I don't think a Gatling gun is a disc. I hope not. <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, I I don't think so, but... Yeah, stick to your guns. It's That's not a gun. But I'm ch- you, you are correct. All right. Ooh. Wow. All right. So we got... Uh, everybody's got one question. Not Jamin. Ooh, this could be interesting. Not Jamin is at six. Jamin's at nine, which means we'll see. Okay. Uh, you have to steal. <laughs> well, you got to get this one first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is the name of Thor's hammer? What is the name of Thor's hammer? Mjolnir. God, I hope I got that right. Kenji? Yeah. You both agree? We would have also taken Meow Meow, but you are correct. Is Mjolnir a disc? Somebody. If it is, do you think that's copyrighted? Yeah, I mean, you think Thor's mythology is copyrighted? I know Gateway wouldn't care. (laughs) Wait a minute, is it? But I mean, sure, Thor is like a a mythical, you know, like a right, right. So maybe old enough to not be able to be. Well, what? What about it? Uh, Somebody probably. I've never. I would have heard of it if that if there were one. You know what I mean? All right. Unless I agree with you because I have never heard of one either. Yeah, I'm gonna say no. No. There isn't one. There's actually two. Oh, <laughs> Synergy Discs had one in July 10th, 2019. They spelled it 
M-J-O-L-N-I-R with umlauts over the O. Then we have uh, Guru Discs, February 4th, 2016. They have an M-J, uh, letter O with the line through it, L-N-E-R. So they just <laughs> modify the spelling a little bit. and uh, That's just too funny. That too- There's yeah. two of them. <laughs> so final question, you guys, you can... We you don't have it. to answer this, but uh, yeah. they are up nine seven. So hold on, we're losing, right, Kenji? You're they, you're down they two. Choke for us to have oh, a chance. They got to get it wrong, yeah, and you got to get, get it right. Oh, we're yeah. not getting it wrong. <laughs> I'm so confident that I'll choose myself. <laughs> oh, this is not going to age well <laughs> for me. <laughs> I love the Jamin and the not-Jamin. <laughs> <laughs> so our final question, question 12. This is for the J-Men. You get it right, uh, it just cinches the victory. Question 12. General Patton called what alphanumeric rifle designed by John Garand the greatest battle implement ever devised? General Patton called what alphanumeric rifle designed by John Garand, I'm sorry, G-A-R-A-N-D, the greatest battle uh, implement ever devised? All right, so alphanumeric, it's going to be like M16 or something like that. Yeah, you just named the only one I know. <laughs> you know, it's not AK-47, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, M16 is the only one that I would even know. The only thing that's throwing me off of it's Garen would have a G in it. Is, but um, Maybe not everybody named guns after themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, M16 is my best bet. Okay. Not Jamin. Oh, oh. chance! I don't know, Ryan. I thought M16 was a pretty good guess. <laughs> um, so, Patton? I don't know any guns with with numbers in them, other than I guess AK47, M16, M4. No, that's a Prodigy mid-range. Oh, actually, that's that's getting somewhere. M4. If it's a disc. Is it a disc? Is it a gun? I don't know. Well, can you read us the question one more time, Pat? Certainly. General Patton called what alphanumeric rifle designed by John Garand the greatest battle implement ever devised? I don't know my gun names well enough. <laughs> I, I I have no idea. What are some of the guns? I play a lot of Call of Duty. What the hell is the name of the guns? That's what I'm trying to think of. But <laughs> but if it was Patton, it's probably old. You know, right, so like, it's like I I I might have played like uh, World War II think, guns. <laughs> yeah. Isn't the M4? Wasn't that a gun? The M4? M4? Yeah, it's like a little machine gun, right? But I don't think it's a, a rifle. A rifle's got about ten seconds. I think we're choking here, Ryan. I don't know the name of the rifle. M four. M four. Just to give an answer. We're looking for M one. M one. Oh. Oh. oh my god! Which is a Prodigy disc, March fifth, twenty thirteen. Oh. I've never heard of an M one rifle. Neither have I. Our champions tonight, the J Men. The J Men. <laughs> Congratulations, yeah. Jamin. <laughs> Nine to seven. Nine to seven. And now that I have a whiteboard, I'll ha- I have record of it. <laughs> Good nice. Job. What time? Okay. That was three. Uh, Jamin, what team? What number you got? Um, let's go to hole four. Just got tag update. Just got tag update. <laughs> <laughs> Just got tag update. <laughs> That's a little movement, right? I will tell you because, like I said, I have it. Uh, like I have the top ten here. Let's see. We had the monthly. There's a. Did everybody get the same tag back? Uh, I did. Yeah, I don't, it doesn't look like anything changed. All right, so Discap Tag Update, our top 10 in 10th with uh, two rounds played. Dave Searle, nine. We got Jeff Wachowski. He's played four rounds. Josh Weinstock with the eight tag. 
Seven tag, James Black. James Black is new to the top ten. Yeah, he got it at the monthly. Oh, nice. Uh, sixth place, we got Josh Wynn. Fifth place, Brian Bickersmith. He's actually, he has played the most rounds. He's played nine rounds. Yeah, he Brian plays all the time. Yep, that sounds about right. Uh, and close behind with eight rounds and f- with a four tag, Tucker Kozlowski. Kozlowski. Uh, the three tag with six rounds played. Uh, J- seven, if you count uh, the, the Kenji round. Uh, Jason Lasasso. Our round's in there. That six includes that. I posted it. <laughs> oh, did you? That's cool. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's awesome. So also with six rounds played, Jamin has the two tag, and Randy Bemis has the one tag. Randy took it from you, Jason? Or was it just a tournament? Uh, took it from Jamin at Black, yeah. right? So <laughs> I think at some point I got it from Jason, and oh, then the monthly. Tucker got it from me, and then Chris Dahl got it from Tucker, and then Randy got it from Chris. Oh, yeah, because Chris came into. You go back to the Blatnik one, you can see Chris came in with it. Yeah. And and since Kenji's so good with putting them in, anybody wants to check the page, Ken, you can see all the zaniness of the order changes. Randy came in with the 24 and left with the one at Blatnik. And yeah, Chris Dahl came in with it. Uh, notable tags, Kenji got the 76. Oh, yeah. Eight rounds. I have the 39 still with one round played. And I did the, the most rounds. Does anybody want to guess other than Kenji? The most rounds, or are you already looking at it? Probably. Uh, with 12 rounds, Corey Cook, the 27 tag holder. That was going to be my guess. Oh, okay. <laughs> I figured you guys. Uh, um, anything else? Any other notables? That's no, good. Glad to see uh, seven women play Maple Hill Blues and put their tags on the line with the snow and everything. That's crazy. Nice. So anybody, uh, we'll do one more hole figure, or you guys good Can we go through all front nine? We doing Almost. Uh, we haven't hit hole one, uh, five. We actually haven't hit nine. Uh, actually, nine's an interesting one, and it's kind of timely. Do you mind if we just do hole nine? I picked nine, Pat. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> um, let me grab my sheet of paper. You guys might have gotten one of these too. All right, sorry about that. Uh, hole nine. I got a. I got a, a a letter in the mail, and you guys let me know if you got it as well. I'll read it to you. Uh, Dear friends, it's been a challenging 12 months. There's no getting around the hardships we've all experienced in a time of COVID. And yet it's been an amazing time for the growth of our sport, as more people are enjoying disc golf than ever before. Unfortunately, over this time, Innova has experienced significant cost increases in raw materials, transportation, and peripheral supplies. Beginning in April, we will be issuing a modest price increase to help offset these escalating costs. The enclosed price list and sales policy provide these details. Innova greatly values and appreciates your support. We look forward to supplying you with the best disc golf equipment in the game. Sincerely, your friends at Innova. Any thoughts? I, I got that letter. You got, like, yeah, I didn't hear that. that I got it. It went to people that are somehow registered as uh, retailers. Yeah, I think I got that a while ago. Oh, it's been on here. Just nobody picked it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's understandable. I mean, everything went. Yeah. You can't blame them for that. No. In the previous uh, five years, I did Mind Kill. I don't think they've raised any of their prices any of the years since I started. Oh, wow. Yeah, their CFR program is very generous. It's like, I mean, what, like $7 per disc for Color Glow? Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I found all the prices yeah, have always been that. reasonable to even yeah. add another dollar or two to the cost with them. Right. Yeah. It does it does help though when you're trying to meet your uh your player pack mins and your payout minimums for for AMs though, you know, cuz you get to pay 7, but 
cite it as yeah, 20 yeah. or whatever I mean, it retails. You could, you could even say that discs have gone up and add that same amount to the retail value. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, Prodigy raised their prices recently, too. You know what? Because they do everything Innova does. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's fine. I mean, it's to be expected. COVID has cost made everything pricey. Yeah, like what's a sheet of plywood now? It's crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I chose a very timely time to redo my deck. <laughs> I'm trying to salvage as much wood that's already on there as possible. Yeah, I think the shutdowns just s- slowed everything and... Oh, yeah, and now everybody has time to go out and do stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, com- been, it's the worst combination. First time we've been back-ordered for baskets. Usually um, I order them. They're here in a week. Nice. So, yeah, right now we're waiting on deliveries for a few baskets. But they didn't increase in price. The shipping went up a little bit, but, I mean, it was not too much. Nice. I told you guys that Innova replaced all of our chain assemblies on our course at Hackett, right? Yeah, I heard you mention that before. Yeah. They rusted out earlier than their 20-year warranty. They did, and they replaced them all, and they shipped them for free, which was just wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. Good to know, too. (laughs) Yes, if your galvanized chains uh, have rusted out, (laughs) if you send them a Google Photos album with uh, three-dimensional, you know, different angled shots of all their crappy baskets (laughs) and send it to them, they will, you will shame them into sending you new chains. (laughs) Was your Google doc labeled crappy basket photos? Something like that. My email was worded in in such a way. And they just, what? They just sent you tops, right? They no, actually, uh, I wish they, they actually just sent us the, um, the, in the, the chains with the the ring. They had to unhook all the chains and rehook them up. Well, even worse. When Easton installed the baskets, they um, welded the tops to the poles. So we had to angle grind away the uh, the welds to be able to get the top off to be able to actually, you know, <laughs> reassemble everything. It was quite awful. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we we did have the option to replace the tops, and I think, and we did for one of the one of the holes. And actually, our our course had. Uh, disc catcher 24s, yeah. the 24 chain assemblies. And Those so, yeah, so we, we replaced one basket that was totally uh, just <laughs> diseased and needed, needed to be replaced. And so we replaced that one with a full top. And I think they only charged us 150 or 250 oh, for it. Yeah, so it was very fair. But uh, honestly, I mean, I emailed them and within a month, I we had, you know, everything at my, you know, in my garage and, and, and replaced, which is pretty incredible. So good for them. Customer service. And I've seen a lot of their, their bands be repainted with like spray paint. That's pretty, and they still last. I just recently got a new sports with the inner chains. I like them. They catch a little better than the older sports. Yeah. They're really nice. They're nice. What is your favorite? Um, like, what do you think is the best value right now for a, uh, for a, a practice basket? I think the disc catcher sport with that sport chain. is pretty good. Yeah, you catch them for two hundred bucks. They, I mean, yeah. I've had my, I've had out all year long, years and years, and my sports still look okay. A little rusty here and there, but I like the marksman. But everybody else has better rating than me, so I don't, don't ask my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I use them very often? No, the seven baskets that sit out in my yard. <laughs> I've actually started because of that because I find putting practice so boring. I st- I've started turbo putting, and it's a lot more fun. Craig got to you, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I just uh, it's it really it's just, otherwise I find myself 
uh, losing focus with regular putting. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know how uh, right now I don't feel more confident than any outside of 10 feet. You know, it's just very early, but all I need it for is about 10 to 15 feet because that's my least confident area. I trust myself more at 30 than I do at 15 because if I miss it at 15, I, for whatever reason, I, I blow past it. Yeah. Huh. Or yeah, maybe right? 20, but, and it's, it's just more comfortable from yeah. that distance. Uh, at least going to try it for a bit and see. I've seen some pretty crazy ways to tap in. Um, Daniel Marcus, his go-to tap in from within like 10 to 15 feet is like a forehand roller shot into the chains. Hmm. That like, seems like such a terrible idea. It does. And, and, <laughs> but like, he's been doing it for like longer than I've been alive. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen that. I've seen somebody do a floppy putt if they're within 10 feet. Hmm. Just throw it like end over end, like it's a free throw. That sort of stuff makes me so nervous when people do that. It just seems like there's such, it's like ripe for error. Like it oh, hits I the, can't watch it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Like what happens if you get a gust to win? Yeah, let's put all the sides of the disc to the wind. <laughs> <laughs> it averages out. Yeah. <laughs> we have an elevated basket at Hackett Hole Eleven that people try that and it hits the front of the cage <laughs> and it goes and it'll roll down the hill and you're just like, come on, you can get a hyzer putt in there. You know, you can just get a normal putt in there. You don't have to do anything fancy. <laughs> By the way, I was looking at the uh, the difference between the disc catcher sport and the dynamic recruit which is what i had that i thought was really nice but it started to rust out in the chains and the dynamic recruit is 250 sport is 200 and the recruit has more chains it's 26 chains but they're only zinc coated whereas the sport is galvanized my sport chains are showing a little tiny rust where little the rust? chains touch each other Unlike the one that's been out for, outside for eight years. Isn't hmm. zinc coated and galvanized the same? Is it, is it, I was about to say, is it the same thing? Yeah, I think galvanized <laughs> means it's zinc coated. Ah, okay. Interesting. Zinc coated looks different than what I would call galvanized, right? Like I have a DB5 that's galvanized that has like a, a matte kind of look to it where the zinc coated is shiny. I think the DB5s are double galvanized. So they're like galvanized and then galvanized again. Oh, uh, yeah. Those are the welds break. I, know. I have zip ties holding my <laughs> basket together all over the place. I can't think of a recruit that I've put on, but all of the other dynamic disc baskets are really well built. They're very solid and heavy, and there's no play in them. Like when they assemble, they're very tight tolerance. Yes. My practice basket is a veteran, which is like their pro basket because I, I won a bunch of dynamic bucks at the match play tournament a couple of years ago. So I, I just got one of those, and it is super solid. It's got a nice tight, you know, wheel on it. I can wheel it around whenever I need to mow the lawn and everything. It's it's an excellent. Basket. That's one thing that the sports don't have is a wheel because I have be like they have that little round metal ring and stuff. But from throwing them around in the back of my truck and moving them here and there, I, those have become a little misshapen. Oh. So like, some, I get a little wobble sometimes where I just kind of like bend the prongs a little bit to push it down. Well, the the recruit basket does have a wheel on it, so that's a one up on the on the uh, the recruit. So how many stars do you give it? <laughs> yeah, I, the recruit, I'd give a solid four out of five. You know, five out of five is, a, I think the best basket in, you know, in disc golf is a disc catcher 28. There's really? nothing to me that, that I find that catches better. I agree. I mean, I don't mind some other baskets. Best overall, 
I think, is the Discatcher. Some people don't like yeah. that band, but the band's you're gonna hit on another basket. It's gonna be above the links, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> I think Discatchers are great. Um, I've really never heard anybody actually complain about the band. Either have I. I, I really a little like older the band. thinking that the people don't people, do that as yeah, much like anymore. the Mach threes. There's no band. Yeah, but then there's a Mach three under the not band. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that they're great. I think the bands are awesome for visibility, mm-hmm. for playing new courses, but also showing that the sports in an area is huge. Yeah, mm. yeah, I like the visual of that. Yeah. No, I think they're great. I think some of the other companies are making great ones too, but the Discatcher is just so unfussy. There's nothing strange about how the chains are set up, and there's nothing special about them. They're just really solid baskets and simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you look at a Prodigy basket, and you're like, "What the fuck was that guy thinking?" <laughs> <laughs> it's like eight rows of like uh, crisscrossing chains, and <laughs> you feel nervous trying to put into it. You're like, "What am I aiming for?" And I mean, spit outs happen on all baskets, but I think you see them. Most rarely on good putts from a disc catcher. And you can always attribute, you know, being too hard, dead centers, sometimes the ones that I see happen on disc catchers. A whole one we didn't get to. Let's say registration opens at 8 a.m., tee off at 9. You're not running the event because I know you all can run events. So this is an event you're just going to play. First question, we'll start with Jason. What time do you arrive? Uh, I usually shoot for really early and I end up getting there right before it starts. So (laughs) I I try to give myself at least uh, half an hour to just stretch out because it's usually a drive and um, I don't want to be stiff right off the tee. Do you throw any holes beforehand? If I can, it depends on the tournament. Like sometimes you get there and uh, just conversing with people and checking in all that takes time. But yeah, if I can, ideally I like to get a few holes in just so I'm loose. Okay, I just want to point out the picks from earlier are already locked in, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Ryan, what time are you getting there? Um, let's see. So, I had a tournament on Saturday. We had once around the mountain at South Mountain, which was one of my favorite types of tournaments. Unsanctioned, one disc only round, um, short layout at South Mountain with a couple of temples. And I think we teed off at 10, registration ended at 9.30. And I got there at 9.40. <laughs> or I should say check-in ended at 9.30. So I got there about 20 minutes or, uh, before tee, tee off. But actually, I think I was late to read, to actually get the check-in. And then I just uh, played the first four holes, which was just to get me to my tee pad. But if it was a, you know, that was unsanctioned. It was a course that I know like the back of my hand. And, I you know, there's nothing to worry about. To me, I could have showed up at 9.55 and been fine. If it's a bigger tournament, like uh, something that's sanctioned, that's, you know, a course that I, it's certainly a course that I've never played before. LVO. Yeah, LVO, I'd say I'd, I'd probably get there like an hour early. I, I always strive mm-hmm. for like an hour before tea time just to make sure I'm registered and I'll even throw five holes. And, okay. and it's, it's really to Jason's point to get loose. You hate being stiff on your first, you know, first tee shot. And so, and I, I'm, I'm one of the guys that needs like at least three holes to get warm. I used to say that, and the truth is, I need like seven. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Jamin? So, yeah, kind of similar to the Jason thing, where um, I aim to get there early, and I, I don't get there super early. But I, I usually try to get there at least when registration starts, um, even if I'm driving from a long distance. And when I get there, I, I try to throw as many complete holes as I can. I. I've had tournaments before where I'll just throw drives. There's uh, one that 
comes to mind where I, I drove out and I was showing a couple of friends the course. So we were just throwing all our drives and then going to the next hole. And when it came to the round, I messed up every single upshot because I hadn't thrown a single upshot that day. <laughs> so now I try to do the whole thing for as many holes as I can. Five, six, seven is awesome. Mm. And Kenji. So I'm always organizing or helping and my normal start is my first shot of the day is live on the tee. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll get a couple putts in. If I'm driving, usually we try and get there at least a half an hour before and just throw some shots, play some holes. But it's been a few years since I've been I mean I go and play competition and tournaments, but I'm not I'm not that competitive and I know it. I just have go and have fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Try and do good, but I'm not super concerned about where I place. Well, so what about a tournament like the Gardner tournament where you're not you're not really having to worry about that kind of stuff? How, how do you think yeah, about that? Yeah, I got that? there like a half an hour and I played uh, no holes. I What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> I think I potted it just a little bit because it was okay. back and forth from the truck to the check-in to bring your stuff back to the yeah. player's pack and stuff. Yeah, I don't think I threw any holes, but I remember throwing some up shots and just some butts around the practice basket. So a little bit. Does anybody play like a, a practice round at that course beforehand or try to yep. in the morning? No, no, no. Like say, I don't know, leading up to it, like a, a couple days before. I have when we traveled for places, like you know, spend a weekend, you go out there mm-hmm. Friday, play the course, then the tournament's the next day. But it's, it's tougher as you get older. Just I'd rather rest that day before than play around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe walk and throw some shots. I think it's definitely rewarding if you put in a conscious practice round at a it's i mean even if a course that you're familiar with like field of dreams like i have the um new jersey championships coming up and it's at tecumseh and field of dreams at field of dreams i play all the time for doubles but usually we don't play the long layouts so i i definitely got in there last week just to try out those longer tees figure out what you know what my lines are before I go, and I think it helps a lot. I've been to tournaments where I've shot blind and have done pretty well, but I feel more comfortable if I'm prepared. You know, yeah, yeah. You can gauge a distance on some things sometimes better if you play around before. Like you may yeah. think like, oh, this is a T bird, and then you throw it and like, oh, I should have just down or just up, <laughs> cranked it up. Or, yeah. yeah, If you do that, I mean, ideally, I guess. Do you do you take notes or anything like that? Just mental notes. All mental for me. Yeah, mental. I would love to have a one disc round at Beacon. Mm-hmm. Like a oh, it's a it's a great course for it. Great course for it. South yeah. South Mountain is 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 very similar. Mm-hmm. I'd say. I mean, some of the the long holes, like you know, one through three at Beacon, it's going to be mm-hmm. tough to get there with a putter. Well, you just work. You get par on that. I think it, yep. it, it takes two very good shots and you know a good putt. But I think it's it's very threeable. It's just you get through those and then you can start hitting. Yeah, I, I don't think there's many holes. Like, and, and there's obviously a decision to make if it's one disc. It's it's I I mean for me, which harp? <laughs> is that your decision? Pat? Yeah, which which plastic harp? No, I already know which one. Yeah, I threw a wizard at South. You want the putter? Really? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I've always and, chosen mid range for that kind of situations. I would have guessed you went would have went judge. I stopped throwing a judge. I only throw wizards now. Oh wow. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's one thing Putt I miss about throw. running leagues. I used to run leagues and do little alternate format once a mm. month. One one disc was one of the formats. So what's your one disc? A rock. Nice. Jason? Uh, I would think a wizard. Or hmm. Nova. Wizard or Nova. Really? And Jamin? Proxy. 
Ooh. What's that? It's a straight throwing putter that two under stable. I, two under stable? Yeah. Can you throw a catch lid? Uh sure. <laughs> I, I feel like if you can throw like a, a regular ultimate frisbee, then throwing a proxy goes pretty straight. My my proxies are pretty much dead straight. I think Jamin's got video video evidence of it recently. Yeah. If you want to see the, your forehand, the forehand that made its way onto Reddit. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh, I was gonna comment. Too? Nice. I was gonna comment. I was like, now they'll know who I am. <laughs> I was gonna go at the boy Jamin. <laughs> My, my Reddit name is Jamin Hume, so I'm, I'm very. <laughs> so what was what are you talking about? Um, so at the monthly on Saturday, I hit an ace on hole three at Heiser, and Jeff happened to be there filming, so he got it, and uh, everything's in view. So very happy to have that. But oh, that's awesome! Yeah, it was with a proxy, which is the disc that I'm I'm pretty well known for up in discap land i think i've i've got a good dozen or so people throwing proxies at this point <laughs> if you if you're throwing a um a shot with the proxy and you want it to go super straight right, you have to give it a little bit of a uh, hyzer right not much not much but a little bit so actually today at hyzer on hole 12 um we took took a, kenji you saw it on saturday in doubles we threw our putters off hole 12's tee pad and my proxy went basically dead straight just yeah. to about 400. They don't, there's very little turn on them, even when you throw them pretty hard. I think an envy is completely unnecessary because of how stable the proxy is. It seems like is. you put a decent amount of power in that and it didn't flip. It just held flat. Yeah, way downhill. I think I had a broken proxy because mine, I wouldn't say it flipped, but compared to my like fresh wizard, it was significantly less stable. And I, I prefer to give it like as flat of a release as possible with no hyzer to get it to go straight. And so the proxy for me, it kept on like you know, drifting a little on the right side. Yeah. Uh, well, you just know the angle to put that on, Jamie, because you let it go with a little bit of hyzer. That's what I'm You probably flat. give it a little bit of hyzer. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it's a putter. I probably put a, a little bit of hyzer on all my putters. But the reason I started throwing the proxy is because I can throw it really hard and it doesn't flip over really hard like putters tend to do. Yep. You should try a wizard. It won't flip over <laughs> at all. <laughs> I actually, that was my first putter. And because I was really bad at the time, I just thought they were bad. You know, well, they don't have a lot of glide. No, but I yeah. blamed a lot of things on my arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you throw wizards? Yeah. I want to get away from them because they're very tough to find good wizards because they're like inconsistent. <laughs> you know, they're like a judge. You can get like a judge is a judge. They're very... Yeah similar but wizard it's like we get one and it's like what is this so like, this isn't a wizard <laughs> it's you're t- preaching to the choir i go every time i go up to maple hill i go to um marshall street and i go to their like x out wizard section and i literally just fondle like a hundred wizards until <laughs> i find one that feels like the ones that i like yeah that was pre-covid everybody that was pre-covid <laughs> <laughs> Because you're right, the plastic is so inconsistent; it's it's almost infuriating. Yeah, I like their the feel of their plastic though, because it's it could be stiff but still grippy. Yep. Usually, when they get um, grippy, they get really gummy and flexible, which is not. I don't. I don't like when they when you put your thumb down and it depresses. Yep. Yep. Nice clean release. But throwing them, they're definitely more like overstable putter. I think like stable to overstable. Because um, I throw a Nova too, and that is like super straight. So mm-hmm. com- compared to my Nova, Wizards will fade out much more. Yeah, I find the Nova and the Proxy are pretty similar. 
Proxy feels better in the hand, though. I will. Yeah. I will say it doesn't yeah. break in half when you hit a tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool too. <laughs> I really want to like MVP discs, and there isn't. I, I honestly haven't thrown one that I've actually uh, liked. The reactor, I don't mind, but I just I like the Rock Three so much more. Yeah, I recently put a, a rock back in my bag and took the MVP mid ranges out. I really liked how the rims felt because they're mm-hmm. more comfortable for flicking. Yep. Yeah, but. I don't know. A rock is a rock is a rock. Mm, tough to beat. Yeah, and I I just put in today, and I only tried it a couple times. A KC Pro Lion. I threw a line a little bit. It was okay. It yeah. has the same flight numbers as a Rock Three. Yeah, it's uh, a little more stable, I think, than a Rock Three. Maybe it it mm. definitely fades a little sooner. But I'm just just messing around with it right now. So, uh, Jamin, Jason, and Kenji, good luck this weekend. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ryan, do you have a uh, anything coming up? Um, I've got the New Jersey States next weekend, and this past weekend I took uh, second at Once Around the Mountain. Congratulations. $120. Not bad. Imagine how much you would have got if you went twice around the mountain. (laughs) 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 All right. uh, Thanks, everybody, and uh, sweet up, Hudson Valley. All right, uh, Jason, who you got in pro? Oh, Jason's offline. <coughs> I can go despite not knowing. No, I'll, <laughs> we'll give him a minute. People. <laughs> yeah, that's why I wanted I wanted you to go last, so at least you had, you know, everybody. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, Jason's saying his connection's really bad. Uh, all right, might be one of those nights, though, Ryan. I think that <laughs> if if he can get on. Um, but if you, uh, It's already one of those nights when I was 30 minutes late. At first, I was five minutes late because uh, you, you don't uh, you don't rush dinner when your wife made homemade focaccia. Ooh. Oh, yeah. oh, the food that yells at you. It sounds <laughs> like a curse. Focaccia. 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 Yo, Jason, we hear you. Yep, yep. Uh-oh. I just I don't hear either. He's doing the same thing. He just he just rebooted his router. He rebooted his router, yeah. <laughs> I hear Ryan. I hear Pat. Kenji, can you hear me? I hear Jamin. I hear everybody. Okay. Okay. So Jason, Jason, are you there? He's offline. No, I still see his. Uh, no, I hear, Pat, I hear Pat, Jason. Ryan, we can hear Jason. Kenji and I can. Oh, you uh, can. There's a ghost in the room. Hmm. <laughs> I hear everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Looks like Can Kenji you tell Jason that the RPI um, uh, donation squad just called me and I hung up and told them that once I pay off my student loans, I might actually consider donating? Jason, uh, Ryan says RPIs for doo doo heads. <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't like huh. this translation service. <laughs> That is one, two, three, six. I so can't very quickly, hear Jamin, I all of a sudden can't hear Kenji.
Oh, he dropped out himself. Kenji, can you hear Jamin? No. <laughs> Is this the same thing as before? Let me and see I, what I got. Um, see, Jason, but don't hear me. Can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me now? Oh, Jason's there. I hear Jason now. I can, see, yeah, I can hear all you guys. Okay. <laughs> so who can't who? Hear who? Jamin and... Uh, Kenji can't Kenji. hear, I can't hear Kenji. Jamin. Oh, okay. I can't hear Jamin. Okay, so we'll just try to bustle <laughs> through this. You guys are on <laughs> Well, you guys, yeah, if you want to individually refresh. refresh, try that. My, my internet and service usually have no issues whatsoever. All right.